The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're in the aftermath. The Chiefs the, were welcomed to the jungle. Like Axel Rose would say, they uh, they landed, they were forced on their knees. Knees is how they left. Lame joke. Even though I got a new microphone, it's the same old lame musical jokes. Uh, Sterling, are you feeling any better than you were in the aftermath of that game after two days? I mean, it's not Paradise City. They must have hung out with Mr. Brownstone too late that night. Uh, it's so easy. No, it was not. <laughs> they took a night back. train to 0-3. I mean, we got are the Bengals out to get me? Are the Bengals out to get me? Because I had to shave my stash after that. That was the, the majority of... Thanks for showing patience while we go through the entire Appetite of Destruction uh, soundtrack right there. Uh, but no, I, I'm okay in the grand scheme of things. The Chiefs are 9-3, and three, but that game, I understand the frustrations from the fans to an extent from the players, from, yeah. from the media, and that's what it comes down to is I think the majority of fans understand the Chiefs are okay. The Chiefs are 9-3. and three, They're second in the AFC. The – uh, season we knew was going to be more difficult than potentially seasons past. The amount of new additions, uh, I always call it a retooling year, not rebuilding because you have Mahomes. Retooling year, right? So we should be somewhat grateful to an extent. You know, best case scenario, almost nine and three. Toughest part of the schedule is out of the way. But what's concerning is the two losses, the Bills, who you expect to play in the playoffs, and the Bengals, who you've now lost to three times, in a year. That's what's concerning to me. And that's why I understand the fans frustration seeping through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. There's a lot to break down here. Uh, there's a lot to break down even from today, let alone Sunday. We'll get to all of it folks. I promise. Uh, just a quick heads up though. Today is going to be a truncated episode. We'll be a little bit shorter than normal, but we'll try to power pack it. But before we do all that, we got to give a shout out to the best sponsor. In KC. The Chiefs 
might have sucked Sunday, but what never sucks, Casey Beer Company. Casey Beer Co., we talk about it every single week, every single time we do a show, and it's because it's true, not just because they're a sponsor, but because the beer is so damn good. They brew their beer according to the Bavarian Beer Purity Law of 1516, using only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, and yeast. Trust me, anyone who has tried it understands how delicious KC Beer Co. is. Uh, they're starting to come out with more specialty beers, the Dunkelbach, all these beers for winter time. So if you're in the Kansas City area, make sure you go down, go grab a beer, uh, tweet at us, tweet at them. That means the world to us. KC Beer Co. dare to beer different. Sterling, I, I, I want to go back to the Bengals loss quickly here and begin there with how should we think of the chiefs overall now in terms of, you know, like, cause here's the thing. I posted something earlier this week where I said, look, Hey, when you're beat once, you can kind of shrug at it. When you're beat twice, the second time in the AFC championship game, at that point you can say, okay, well, I mean, you know, it happened twice, but it was for this reason and that reason. When it's the third time in one year, I said, maybe it's time for us to stop saying, you know, oh, it's just because of that fumble, because of that ref, because of that meltdown, because of that, and just say the Bengals are the superior team. When I did, it was like people came out of the woodwork to go, oh, how could you say that? They're not the superior team. And I'm thinking, we just lost to the, like, three time in 12 months. Let's not kid ourselves. And that doesn't mean, like, I'm not saying the Chiefs suck. I'm not saying the Chiefs have no chance at a Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's anything more than a regular season loss, but let's let's admit here that there's a real problem. And and so some of the feedback was, well, the Bengals lose every time to the Browns. Maybe they just have our number in this way. And I'm like, well, they don't play the Browns in the AFC Championship game. They don't play them four times in a year or whatever. I mean, like, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There, in other words, I guess what I'm getting at is for some people in Chiefs Kingdom, there's a kind of an inability to admit any sort of supremacy or 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 even like to give the Bengals. And I heard this after the Bills game too, right? That, th- that there's kind of an inability to give credit to the other team and not like also take that personally for your own team. And I guess I was hoping maybe you could introduce some nuance there, or I wondered even what you thought of that. For me, it's difficult because if you straight up said rank the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals, I I would say the Chiefs have the highest ceiling of all three teams. If the Chiefs play an A-plus game and all those other three teams play an A-plus game, Chiefs typically will win. Sure. Uh, I, I I think the Buffalo Bills have the best defense of the three, maybe the most well-rounded team, if you will, of the three. The Bengals just somehow destroy Kansas City, whether that's a bad matchup for KC, what I believe it is, it makes it extremely difficult to rank and to rate. Like the Bengals have lost four games. They're not perfect. No team in the NFL is perfect. We know this, right? I think an undefeated season – in the way of today's NFL landscape is, is nearly impossible. So every team has some sort of issue when it comes to Kansas city and the Bengals specifically chiefs might be the better team, but if you keep losing to him, losing to them, sure, sure. 
But when it comes to a playoff game, who's the better team? The Bengals, they keep beating you. They keep kicking yeah. your ass yeah. in a head-to-head matchup. I don't care if you're better than them. You have to beat them. It's frustrating. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Again, I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are just going to sit here and say, we can't ever beat Cincinnati. It came down to, a, you know, Travis Kelsey fumble. A Butker missed 55-yard field goal. They had a chance to get it back if they stop him on third and 11. But what it comes down to is fans and media always saying, well, the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot. The Chiefs had bad penalties. At what, at what point is that just part of who they are? You know, they, we always say, well, the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Sure, but they keep doing it. At what point is that part of the DNA? The Chiefs, obviously, under Andy Reid, have been wildly successful. So don't take this as a case of me ripping on the Chiefs or, or Andy Reid. But they have been known, at times, as undisciplined. They've been known to rack up a lot of penalties. They've been known to, at least this season, have poor special teams mistakes. Their turnovers at costly times. The stuff that we rip on Justin Herbert for, that pick six, right? We've, we've seen costly turnovers from Travis Kelsey. And you can say it's a one-off. Travis Kelsey never fumbles. It happened. Yeah. At, at yeah. some point, we have to say, all right, the Chiefs can beat themselves, but it's also who they are to an extent. They do beat themselves. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also know that on the bottom line is the Bengals also beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's not just the Chiefs beating the Chiefs. The Bengals beat the Chiefs. And I, and I think we need to learn how to say that. Correct. Because it gives us proper perspective on our team. Now, I'll say this. Oregon Fishing just made a comment. The Chiefs need to start taking what teams give them. They do, and they still score 30-plus points a game. I want to give a shout-out here. One of our contributors at Arrowhead Attic, Stacy Smith, wrote a column for today saying the one factor that no one really talks about is patience. That is, the Bengals demanded that the Chiefs stay patient if they were going to win. And he, he what he ended up saying is, the genius of the way that the Bengals play the Chiefs is that he forces the Chiefs to be patient um, in order to win. And Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes ultimately just get that itch and can't like stay with the run, can't take what they give them, keep looking downfield, won't just check it down all the time. Like you get well, what I'm saying. I, I would say a perfect example of that is really quickly jumping in here. The third and three late in the fourth quarter, which ended up leading to, to the Butker 55 yarder, right? That yep. was missed. Yep. Third and three, they pass. That is a go for it situation with a four down territory. Yeah, as long totally. as you don't take a sack, right? Totally. What happened? It was a sack. If you run the ball, which you've been running for a five and a half yard per clip that game, even if you get stopped, you have two opportunities for it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I understand the thought process of what folks are saying. Well, Jerick McKinnon was open. Jerick McKinnon, first off, was not the first read in that play. So Mahomes had to scan through who he was going to, then look at McKinnon. And two, if you look at it from uh, the All-22 from up top, 
it would have been gobbled up pretty quickly. He was not as open as he looked like from some of those videos on Twitter where they sure. cut out the, the, the Bengals defender. You know, I, I think you're right, and Stacy's right. Stick with what's working. I love saying give the ball to Mahomes. He's the best player in the you know in the universe. He is who he is. Don't take the ball out of his hands. But when it's working, stick with it. You're gashing the Bengals yeah. on the ground. They're dropping eight. Yeah, I mean, th- you know, there's a lot of layers here, and even our commenters are are getting some of this. You know, Orlando Brown ruined that play from the jump. Andy Reid uh, says Orlando Lewis. King Osiris says Andy play calling ended uh, ended us. In the end, Andy he's to run. I, I think there's a lot of this. I think there's some play calling. I think there's some, some maybe some nervousness or tendencies. I think there's some, I think there's some machismo, some some swagger that that makes us feel invincible until we're not. Um, and I think there's maybe some personnel issues too. So I, I think there's a lot of that going on. Um, yeah. Right now, would you pick the Chiefs over the Bills, or would you pick the Chiefs over the Bengals in a playoff matchup? Yes or no. I guess it depends on uh, if we're saying, let's just say neutral field right now. Let's just say neutral. <laughs> I, I would say yes, because I do think the chiefs have the highest upside. Okay. I do. I, I think the chiefs have the highest upside of all three teams. Personally. Again, I think Buffalo might be the more complete team, but in my opinion, Mahomes is still better than Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. He's the X factor. The offense, in my opinion of Kansas city is better than the, the, those two teams. Personally, that's where I'm going to sit right now. I, I do think it's an any given Sunday between all three of these teams. And I do think the Bengals, again, are a bad matchup for Kansas City. Sure, sure. I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I would have to disagree. I think, I think, I mean, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. Three straight victories in one year. I'd, I'd have to, you know, I, no one wants to pick the Bengals, but, you know, if I had to put money on it or something at this point. Um, Hey folks, by the way, we'll say this. Um, and, and, and maybe this is important to say, we have a great team to root for. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like these, like we're in the golden era. This is, this is a golden era for the fan base. We are blessed to use, uh, like my uncle is a Pentecostal pastor. We are blessed to be able to watch the chiefs, uh, every week like this we're watching hall of famers every week so when sterling and i are talking like this that's not lost on us we're nine and three with like half rookies playing on defense um yeah. it's a very successful season yeah you're, you're yeah, yeah, telling yeah. me right now you wouldn't look around i mean fuck the chargers for their afc west offseason banner again you think they wouldn't like to be nine and three come yeah. on i mean yeah they were the next team up it was I, the, I, I the broncos yeah, I, you know, I guess I just wanted to say that and 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 just to say, you know, if it seems like all gloom and doom, it's just because we're trying to be realistic about the current needs while also understanding in the bigger picture they're 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 just as viable of a Super Bowl contender as anyone else. So, that's what this is. That said, we're go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was well, I was just going to switch subjects though because that said we're not without our issues. And today, I want to bring this up. Justin Reed takes to Twitter. Now, I don't know if it was Justin. I don't know if it was like his little cousin who's like, I'm going to hack his account and speak for him. I don't know if it was like a fake hack where his agents like, just say you were hacked. 
Maybe Andy Reid got on there. I don't know. Wanted to make him look bad himself. I, who knows, right? But anyway, Justin Reed gets on there um, on his Twitter account and says, hey, by the way, unpopular opinion, I was not wrong, and posts his stat line there in a week right after he trash talked. I don't know if you saw the Cincinnati Bengals players, but three specific players quoted Justin Reed on the Bengals' side after the game. So his words were in their head as they won by three points. I guess I just wonder, when you see what Justin Reed tweets out today, what was going, what went through your head as you were reading what was going through his head? Throw your phone off a cliff, <laughs> go down, grab it, throw it into a river, let it sizzle, go up to Niagara and throw it over the falls because throw it away. Stop. Why are you tweeting? You fucking lost. You trash talk before the game. Say what you will about that. But if you're, to me, the worst part about what he did, didn't know the guy's names. Yeah. Are you yeah. not in the film room? Are, are you not paying attention? First off, you see all the guys who were here last year. You hear Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. Are they trash talking? Take a page out of those guys' books. You wanted to be a leader. You were brought in to fill Tyron Matthews' role as a leader, especially on the defensive side of the ball. No. Stop. Just because we want you to act like Tyron Matthew played the first two seasons here in Kansas City doesn't mean you have to pick up his tweeting at, at dude's tendencies. Yeah. Andy Reid told you to cut it out, by the way, already once. Yeah. Andy Reid cannot be a happy man right now. First off, Justin Reed's not played good all season long. He's been fine. He's not been as good as the contract. He's been fine. Let's, let's call it how it is. And if you're going to sit here and Justin Reed say you locked him up post game when you're in zone the majority of the game, went on that final play to chase you at 13 yards off the play or off where you were supposed to be running backwards. Yeah, that's going to beat you. Not a slant when they need 11 yards. When you get stiff, arm, stiff armed into the dirt, like it's Derrick Henry, but no, it's Samaj P. Ryan. <laughs> that's Charmin Ultrasoft. I get it. I'm not making that tackle, but you guess mean. what? I'm not fucking paid to make that tackle. You are. <laughs> like, it's asinine to me that he would be trash talking after all of this and after Andy Reid told him to cut it out. That's not what we do here. I am shocked. I, if I were Andy, I would sit him for a half, say, Brian Cook, you're in. Wow. I don't care. No, you have to lay the law down. That, in my opinion, that would not fly. Yeah. Let's look at a few comments here. Then I want to get into it myself a little bit more. Uh, James Hopkins says, Justin Reed is talking like Dion, but doesn't back it up with effort or results. Jesse Shot, he's legit ranked number 26 of 32 safeties this year. What do we lose if we just cut him? Uh, that's a deeper question with some dead cap. And I, I, I think he's played, I think he's played better than, than maybe or a little talk about here. But um, uh, Evan Gabrielson agrees with you, Sterling. Wouldn't be shocked if Andy benches Justin Reed for a game as a punishment almost. Uh, and King Osiris says the same thing. He's about to get benched um, before the next game. Um, let me say this. Uh, and, and, and Sterling, I'd love your take on this. Because Justin isn't the only one taking to Twitter to send some messages if you will right like there was something right after the game from Juan Thornhill by the way another safety it's almost like the safeties room has a sign on it that says 
please feel free to use your phones in here, contrary yeah. to what everyone else on the team is doing. Tyron Matthew, it's like everyone in that room, I'm assuming Brian Cook is going to send us all nude pictures here in a little bit or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, here's what I think. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. Here we go. But, but you know, we see Juan Thornhill say that. We see, um, you know, obviously Justin Reed say what he says. Even Colin Saunders was, was you know, talking about, um, you know, his effort, fans and, and expectations, things like that on Twitter. When I'm looking at this defense and I'm seeing a bunch of guys just talking a lot on a unit that continues to let the fans down, let the team down, and especially Justin's comments today, which were more focused on like, hey, it's not me. I'm not the problem. Like, like kind of separating him and team. Like, what's going on on the defensive side, especially? Where's a leader? Where, is, there, is there any leader? Is there anyone getting paid, oh, I don't know, $20 million on this defensive side? Is there anyone who, I don't know, wears a green dot and could say something to his teammates? Is there anyone who, I don't know, had to restructure his contract and has made $20 million in the past and could maybe say something there? Is there any veteran at all who could at least call in that rhymes with like Manuel Morrison and remind everyone else to shut up? Or is there a defensive coordinator who maybe was one time an NFL head coach who could act like he had some gravitas in the room and take care of business when your head coach slaps you down publicly and you still end up doing it? What are you doing? And why is everyone else in the room doing at least it? part and parcel like like what's happening on the defensive side where's the leadership am i taking this overboard is it not a big deal just because it's a couple tweets i mean maybe it's a bit we're making it a bigger deal than it really is because if you look around the nfl a lot of players they do stuff like this so it's not just the kansas city chiefs that do this sure. it's just frustrating especially after a loss and justin reed gets me more than the others because of the pregame talk and the fact that he was Pumping up his chest afterwards, and it wasn't me. You yeah. remember when Monmouth, I think it was Monmouth, played Kansas in basketball? They lost by 50, but the last play of the game, KU is running the clock out. And the dude steals the ball, then dunks it and starts <laughs> trash talking. Yeah. It's like Justin Reed right now. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah. congratulations, but you still lost by 50. Or you still you didn't lose by 50, but like in this game, you lost. Yeah. Frank Clark, you would hope, would, would step up. Uh, Chris Jones, you hope, would say something. Uh, to me, it, it comes down to – that's why I say you sit him for half a game. If you sit him, bench him for half a game for at least some period of time, that sends a message that, that's, that will say something. Uh, again, sure, we probably are overreacting just a little bit. I, I, can, I can fully admit that because we're right now in the moment. It's a bad look. But sure. I do think to an extent something should be done. This is not the way the Kansas City Chiefs – operated it felt like especially when they won the super bowl uh by the way i do want to give a shout out to joshua williams i like the fact after the game he tried taking responsibility joshua williams that's not on you you're a rookie corner in an extremely difficult matchup i think for the most part him and trent mcduffie were some of the bright spots on defense uh yeah. it was it was missed tackles it was a plethora of different things uh for some reason i mean and i you know how much i love nick bolton i'm wearing my mizzou shirt right here love nick bolton I think he's had a great season. I know he had 16 tackles, but that was one of his worst games of the year. It, it was a lot of missed tackles. Yeah. Every one of that team. 
Joshua Williams, I like the way he handled it. Why is it a rookie acting like a veteran, especially in the secondary, and not guys like Juan, Justin Reed, and even to an extent, like you mentioned, um, like Frank Clark, he should step up and say something. He, he, he's been the guy, supposed to be the guy, and he's not. I, I will say in Frank's defense, he did say immediately after the game that he was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there was something there. But I think in the aftermath of that, and, and you're right, I don't, like, I don't want to overblow this. I don't want to go two-dimensional, like Colin Coward, turn like a, a molehill into a mountain, whatever, right? But, but there's just something here in terms of, hey, guys, like, let's, let's focus on one thing. If you can't focus on one thing, we have a problem. Tell me why that's a problem. Like, let, like let's do that. And I think that's the thing. Um, hey, I will say this. Like, we're all kind of gloom and doom here. We actually have some good news, by the way, folks. Um, Sterling, myself, Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen, a bunch of other people behind the scenes with us. Richard, who's normally our producer. Um, we're coming to Kansas City, and we're coming this coming weekend, by the way. Um, folks, if you've been a, a member, you know about this. If you've been a longtime listener, you know this. But if you're just kind of new around here or, or want to know, if you go to arrowheadaddict.com slash memberships, um, I'm sorry, slash event, um, everything is right there. Memberships, everything is at memberships. But if you go to slash events, you'll see that we're actually coming to Kansas City. We're hanging out at Tanner's uh, Bar and Grill um, this Sunday during, to have a watch party for the Broncos game. So we're going to be there. If you get there early, there's going to be prizes. Um, you can register at Eventbrite. All the information is right there. We're going to be there hanging with our friends at KC Beer. We're going to be broadcasting live before and after the Chiefs game um, in terms of doing our our show live right there. We'll probably buy you a drink or two. I don't know. See me about that. I'll make that happen. Yeah, see, see Matt Carter about that one. See, see, see Mr. That. Money I will. I'll make it happen. Um, I'd be happy to buy people drinks if you came up and said, hey, you told me on the podcast you'd buy me a drink. I'm happy to do that. Come see me about that. Um, also, my yeah, I was going to make a joke that I was Matt Verderam and do a boat race joke um, mm. to kind of fool people, but that's not working. Anyway, uh, yeah, come hang out with us. We'd love to meet you. Um, and and a quick heartfelt note here, like we do this, you know, we talk about the Chiefs, we we rant, we have fun after a win. You know, we we all do this all week long. Matt and Patrick and and Sterling, myself. You know, Adam Best, like, like it's fun. It's fun for all of us. But the most fun of all of this is connecting with you guys. Like, I love connecting with people on social media. I love connecting with, with readers and comments. I, I love exchanging questions and answers and, and direct messages. Uh, it, it's just a lot of fun. And so the idea that we would get to do that in person just, like, really warms my heart. I, I know we all feel the same. We're all just so grateful that any of you would spend your time money anything investing just hanging out with us or listening to what we have to say it's not lost on us that that's a big gift um and we'd love to 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 repay you in person by 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 hanging out by letting you know how much we appreciate it and we just have a lot of fun together watching the chiefs clinch the afc west title way earlier than anyone expected this season so come out tanner's bar and grill this sunday afternoon uh, and uh, for raffle prizes, KC beer, and a lot more. Uh, all right, now and, with- and to watch the Chiefs, watch. Russell make Russell Wilson 
the streak continues. M- Melvin Since Gordon 2015. Since 2015. <laughs> Let's ride, baby. Let's ride. Love it. Love it. Uh, Sterling, I, I want to uh, – oh, by the way, John F. just asked, what time are you all getting there? Really, I think we're getting there around the lunchtime uh, hour, and then we'll just be hanging out before the game uh, for a while. All weekend long. Yeah. For he, Friday night, Saturday. Sterling has a sleeping bag and permission from the health department to sleep <laughs> at Tanner's. Uh, so really, whenever you show up, he'll just unlock – for you no i think they open at 11 and i think we're gonna i think i think some of us will be there that early it really just depends on on kind of what people have going on in the morning but yeah we'll be there around lunch come grab some food hang out and then we'll uh we'll just hang out and watch the game together um sterling i want to get to a little bit more um chiefs things here um and maybe this gets us back into a little bit of negative territory but like when i watch that game you know a lot of people were saying oh orlando brown oh andrew wiley and yeah, I'm also looking at next year a little bit. Like I'm trying to do some forecasting. I don't like my options at tackle, right? Like like even the draft's best tackle prospect says he's going back to Penn State, mm. which instantly means that every other one who wanted to tackle, like he would have knocked down every other tackle prospect toward the Chiefs in the bottom of the first round if that's what they wanted to do. I don't like the free agents. I don't particularly like the trade possibilities. I'm looking at this going, if we have a tackle problem, this is a bad off season to do some tackle shopping. I just wonder what you're making of, like, what do you think of what we have at tackle? Like how dire is this situation? Are you, do you think they're planning on replacing one and or both? Do you worry after a game like that about that position? I think they're planning on replacing one. And I think it's right tackle. Okay. We, we've seen the investments in Lucas Niang. He was the guy until he got hurt again, right? And so, in my opinion, they're like, all right, let's draft another guy. If Niang's still hurt, we'll have an uh, insurance policy in place, younger guy. That's Darian Kennard. Andrew Wiley, we, we know who he is. Like, we, we, we know who Andrew Wiley is. He, he's a solid backup who's now thrust into a starting role. I think at this point throughout the season, you're probably sticking with Andrew Wiley since that's the devil, you know, instead of the devil, the devil you don't. Right. Yeah. I, you're probably sticking with Wiley. I think this off season is when you really make the decision on Lucas Niang or uh, Darian Kennard left tackle is more interesting. Orlando Brown jr. Has been playing really solid the past few weeks leading up to this game. The, hate surrounding him had been extremely quiet from everyone uh yeah. myself I, I was trying to bring light to it saying guys look i've been a you know i don't want to say hater but a staunch noticer of when orlando brown jr plays poorly let's point out when he plays well yeah. right it, it, it's it's two-sided come on now but this was a bad game for him i don't think he's the long-term answer at left tackle i think to an extent he is who he is this is what i was trying to tell folks everyone kept saying well his age he's going to get better he's not a finished product maybe he does but based on his size and his skill set the way his heavy feet to an extent right not the most athletic left tackle which he's admitted there wasn't going to be a ton of room for growth there just wasn't he's probably back maybe on a one-year franchise tag deal again uh, Orlando Brown Jr. is definitely kicking himself for not taking that deal, right? 
But for the most part, I want to take this from a full season perspective, not just this one game. Yeah. The first, what, four games, five games or so of the year, Orlando Brown Jr. looked bad. This game, Orlando Brown Jr. looked bad. In between, he looked top 10, 8 to 12 range. Sure. Right? Sure. And that's serviceable. That's you'll you'll live with that, in my opinion. Um, so it comes down to is do you think he turned a page from that start? Or was that just a good stretch against potentially weaker opponents? And this is truly who he is. That's what the Kansas City Chiefs need to figure out. Hmm. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I want to keep some nuance there. I don't want to like overreact. It's just interesting that the the prospect in house Niang still isn't getting into the lineup it we still don't know what we have in him even after a couple of years um the chiefs are just there they have some tough questions it's one of the tough questions they have to answer and let's be honest every nfl roster has multiple tough questions to answer so it, it's not like the chiefs have a hole in the ship that's going to sink them every nfl team has major weaknesses on both sides of the ball they have to address injuries talent whatever um, and this just happens to be the Chiefs. So, I, I always say that. I mean, everyone always wants every single player to be all pro. Right. Not going to happen. You're going to have some aspect where you're you're taking some here to give to here, taking some there to give to here. It yeah. happens with every single team. It just happens for Kansas City. It's, it's right tackle and left tackle. Yeah. Uh, we've got just a couple minutes left here, Sterling, but uh, I wanted just to get you to look ahead. I'll see you in person. I could ask you in person. Uh, here in a few days, but uh, the Broncos game, do you have like a, a quick prediction and, and final score? Score 13 points. Score 13. I, I have a feeling this could be a little closer than we would like to heading into the fourth quarter. And I want that only so I could see Verderam have an aneurysm in there, just yelling, go on one of his legendary Verderams in person for all the folks who'll be at Tanner's. Uh, but let's be real. They average 13.8 points per game. The defense of the Broncos is legit. They only they only give up 17 a game. If I was betting on this game, I would bet the under because I, I see it being a 24-10 game, something around there. They're bad, man. Denver's just a bad team. They couldn't beat Tyler Huntley. Chiefs are pissed. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. There's just no talent at quarterback or on a lot of that rot on the offensive side of the ball right now for Denver. Uh, their coach is a disaster. Uh, it's a debacle. They've given up. They've laid down. Um, Chiefs win this game, and I think it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Chiefs win by 20. I I, I think the current spread of nine points is, is uh, I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, and I think you're right about the under for points, but I almost think it's because the Chiefs are going to be up by so much that they won't have to press. Um, you know, we'll see Chad Henney in this game. That would be my thought. Um, but no, not for injury reasons. I'm not saying that. I'm not jinxing this. Uh, I'm just saying we'll see Chad Henney in the fourth quarter because Patrick will be sitting down. Um, well, Sterling, you want to give us a reminder of what's going on this week and uh, take us out of here? Tanner's Rainbow Boulevard. It's going to be outstanding. We're going to have so much fun. Again, there's going to be apparently prizes for the first few people. 50, I think, is what I heard from, from maybe Patrick that arrived there. Patrick, Verderam, Matt Connor, myself, 
producers. Uh, ben Heisler, I think, is going to stop by from BetSided, so that'll be a lot of fun, too, so he can get your, your betting questions in. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a great time. If you can't make it, I believe the show will be recorded as well. I saw that question, I think, earlier on. I'm assuming we record this as well, like normal. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, that's not up to me. That's up to Patrick. I'm just, I'm just here for fun. Sean, our producer, says, yes, we do. We still will record it. So there you go. You're going to see us have fun drinking beers. Uh, Matt Connor said he'll shotgun one if the Chiefs uh, win the game, right? I'll do it either way. That's what I like to hear. For Matt Connor, I am Sterling Holmes. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to drop us a review wherever you listen to your podcast, that does mean a lot to us. We do really appreciate it. Until next time, we are out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.